Hi everyone, this is the Supported Sobriety Podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm in recovery from an addiction to pornography. And I'm Katie, and I've been married to Matt and supporting him in his addiction for four years. We created this podcast to bring hope, healing, and greater understanding to both men struggling with pornography addiction and women who support someone struggling with an addiction. I upload episodes for men with pornography addictions. And I upload episodes for the women who are supporting their loved one. We share real stories from members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but anyone is welcome to listen, and we believe everyone can benefit from finding peace through Jesus Christ. We hope that this podcast can bring you closer to Jesus Christ and help you on your journey of recovery and healing. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Supported Sobriety. Hello, hello, this is Katie. I hope you have all had a really good week, and I have a great episode to share with you today. The person that I interviewed on this episode, her name is Abby. I really enjoyed hearing Abby's story because it's actually pretty similar to my story. For those of you who've maybe not heard my podcast or know very much about our story, Matt has had a pornography addiction for several years, even before we were married, but he lied to me on and off throughout our marriage. And it was a couple years into our marriage once he kind of started getting sober, but up until that point, he had been lying to me. And that was really difficult, as you can imagine. So Abby kind of has gone through something similar in those ways, and she shares a little bit more about her story. But some things that I really loved about her story and what she talked about is she really talked about learning how to let go of control and how that just makes you feel so free when you don't take on the responsibility for your husband or your loved one's addiction. And that is so true. I love the way that she put that just feeling free. And I know that I felt that in my life as I have learned and I have healed more from Matt's addiction and how it's affected me. But I truly have felt so free as I have learned to let it go and trust in the Lord and know that there's nothing that I can do to change Matt's addiction. Another thing that she talked about is being true to yourself. And I also really love that concept. I I talked to so many different women who are dealing with this, who are supporting a loved one, a spouse, a boyfriend in his addiction. And a lot of the times it's really hard to be true to yourself. You It's probably something that you've never dealt with before. You don't really know how to help your loved one. You're not really sure how to help yourself. And so Abby and I talk about some things that she has done to honor herself and to heal through this process. And I just thought of some other ways you can really honor yourself. One of the ways that I feel like you could really help yourself is developing a relationship with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And that will look different for everybody, but I truly believe that a testimony in Jesus Christ and in his atonement is one of the most important things that you can do to heal from this kind of betrayal trauma and to develop more faith in Jesus Christ and kind of just know that no matter what happens, he will take care of you and it will be okay. Um, So there are a lot of ways that you can do that and it will probably be different for everybody But that's something to think about. Another thing is setting boundaries. And that's something that I've discussed in previous episodes is setting boundaries. I believe it was episode 10, um, Savannah's story and setting boundaries. That one is really helpful to learn what boundaries are, how to set them, some examples of them. And it also talks about it in the spouse and family support guide manual. So boundaries are something that's really important to help yourself heal and to take care of yourself. 
Um, another thing is just spending some time alone, some me time, whatever it is, whatever you feel good about. Just kind of taking time away and maybe even separating yourself from the situation a little bit can be really helpful to take your mind off of it and just rejuvenate yourself. And then something that I think that is so underrated is finding a support person. And I've kind of talked about this in previous episodes as well, but it is something that a lot of women are scared to do because this is a very private topic where you're kind of unsure who you can talk to about it. You maybe don't feel safe talking to people about it. You're not sure if anyone else is dealing with this like you are. But it is honestly one of the most helpful things to find a support person or a sponsor to help you either through the manual or just someone who you can reach out to regularly and talk with whenever you need to. And I really believe that as we support each other as women, we find so much power and we can be empowered through this experience rather than feeling victimized or isolated. As you're learning about addiction, as you're learning about your your loved one's addiction, so much of addiction is about staying in isolation and staying silent and staying in the shame. And I think as women, we don't really recognize that that's something that we can do as well, whether it's an addiction or not it can be really tricky to reach out and talk to other people. And I, I really believe that's one of Satan's tools is to make us feel like we're alone, to make us feel maybe ashamed of what our husbands are doing or making us feel like it's our fault and we don't really want to talk to other people. We're embarrassed. There are so many different reasons not to reach out and to get help and support. And I completely understand that because I've been there before. But that's just something that I really wanted to mention. And Hope that if you are feeling alone or if you are feeling isolated, that you can be brave enough and take a step to reach out to someone, whether it's your mom or a friend or me. You can email me. You can message me. Let me know how I can help you. I would love to get together. I would love to chat and connect, and I can also help you connect with other women if that's something that you're looking for. I have connected with so many women from this podcast who have reached out to me and shared their stories with me, and I have just found so much power in that, and I hope that these other women have found that too. So I hope you can take that next step and reach out to someone, ask for help, ask for someone to listen to you, and try to be vulnerable and be brave. I just really know that those things, especially getting a support person, is so important and so helpful to your own recovery and your own healing, which is just as important as your loved ones. So with that, sorry that was kind of long, but I just wanted to mention those things. These are things that I keep hearing women talk to me about. Keep A lot of women keep mentioning that to me. So I just wanted to um, let you know it's been on my mind. So with that, I will let you get into this episode with Abby and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Abby. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Hi. So happy to be here. I love your guys' podcast and just so happy to be here. You are so nice. Thank you for being willing to come on. I know that it can be kind of sensitive and vulnerable to come on and share something that's kind of private, you know, that a lot of people don't talk about. So I really appreciate you being willing to do this and to share your story. For sure. <laughs> um, well, I would just love to get to know you a little bit. Why don't you start by telling me a little bit about yourself, about your family? Perfect. Um, yeah, so I'm originally from Salt Lake City, so really close to where I live now. I live uh-huh. in Provo now. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, I've been married to my husband for about three years. 
well, I know three years. We ju- yeah. we just celebrated our third anniversary. Oh, company. congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. And yeah, we have a little girl. We had her in December and she's so cute and fun. And that's been a fun new little part of life for him and I to be yeah. there. <laughs> that is so fun. What do you like to do outside of being a mom and outside of your marriage? Do you have any hobbies or things that you enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely like we talked about trying to figure out like, oh, who am I as just me, not a wife, yeah. <laughs> like who am I me? So I don't really have too many hobbies of my own right now. I am doing um, an Etsy shop right now, trying to get that going. And I like going on hikes with my husband. We like playing games. We like watching movies. I feel like we're pretty boring people, <laughs> to be honest. I'm like, there's nothing too much, too exciting about about our hobbies (laughs) yeah no we're the same we're always like we need to get out of the house like what should we do we and it's so hard with kids too you know and like it's hard to I don't want to feel like one of those boring people that are like oh we have kids we don't do anything but like that's kind of how it is too you know it's hard (laughs) yeah Yeah. especially like on the weekends when Matt isn't working anymore we're like we just kind of want to relax actually like it seems like a ton of work to get the kids out of the house you know seriously it takes like a village to get just them out so yeah 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 exactly (laughs) yeah no we're in the same boat well that's so fun um and I love that you talked about just kind of trying to figure out yourself as an individual I'm in the same boat I think moms all all over the world are (laughs) in the same boat and and I guarantee once all my kids are out of the house I'll be like what like what do I do now now that they're not here (laughs) like there's yeah exactly (laughs) exactly it's easy for me at least to kind of get caught in the trap of like well if I didn't have kids and had all the time in the world I would do all these things but that also probably isn't true either I'm like I'd still probably be just as boring if I didn't yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah well I totally get it and that is super fun glad that you're figuring those things out and it'll just come to you as you know as you go through life But yeah, that's so fun. Love your little family and your little daughter and stuff. That's so cute. Thanks. Um, So you said that you've been married for about three years, Mm -hmm. right? Um, How did you and your husband meet? So we actually met on Tinder of all places. (laughs) Um, But then we planned like a first date. He like texted me. We planned it out. And then I bailed last minute. Oh, no. (laughs) Then a year later, we had a physics class together at UVU. And we didn't talk to each other that whole physics class either. And then it wasn't until the end that I think I like found him on Instagram or something and he DM'd me and then we went out and the rest is history. Oh, that is so funny. So when you bailed on the first date, was it like, cause you don't want to be with him anymore or were you, did something come up or? Well, I said something, something kind of came up. I did have oh. a, like a roommate game night that I wanted to go to, but he also didn't offer to pick me up. And, and I was like, Oh, like, I'm not going out with somebody who doesn't <laughs> want to pick me up. But he, I later found out he was like, well, we met on Tinder. I didn't want to like freak you out by like some stranger coming to your apartment. I was like, Oh, right. makes sense. But <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And funny that you guys met later. I guess it was meant to be though, that whole Seriously, time. I think so. <laughs> a little bit of growing up before we officially started dating. Yeah. Well, that's really cute. Um, congratulations on being married for three years. That is a big accomplishment. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So you are currently a support person for Jackson. Your husband has an addiction to pornography. Do you guys call it an addiction or do you say it's something else? No, no, we're pretty explicit. We both feel like it's an addiction to pornography and Mm -hmm. masturbation. So that's what we 
classify it as I guess yeah <laughs> yeah no definitely some I I know other couples are like well I mean I act out a lot but maybe don't classify it as an addiction so yeah. yeah that makes sense um so you are a support person to Jackson right now when yeah. did you find out about his addiction um so I found out we were dating for like four months and we had started talking about marriage and I am um, like the next week after we had talked about marriage he told me he just kind of sat me down and was like hey I've struggled with this for a really long time and I'm still struggling with it so I found out around that time when Mm -hmm. we were talking engagement getting engaged all that yeah how did that conversation go like how did that make you feel when he told you about that um I feel like I feel like I was kind of naive in a sense I feel like I had a lot of aunts actually get divorced because their husbands had a pornography addiction and then it escalated Mm -hmm. into actual like physical infidelity. Mm -hmm. And so I think in my head, I was like, oh, well, like pornography always leads to infidelity. There's no, like it's black and white. There's no other way. And so I think with that in my head, I did feel a little apprehensive maybe, but I also feel like, I feel like pornography was definitely a topic in my household growing up. So I knew that like, oh, eventually you do ask the guy, like, do you have an addiction to pornography? And I just think I assumed that no one really actually did except for mm-hmm. like a few handful of guys. And so I think I just was kind of naive and was like, well, like, I guess we'll just figure it out. I'm sure once we get married, it'll go away. I think he thought when we got married, it would go away. I don't know. I feel like we were both pretty naive to it all. <laughs> yeah, no, that is so common. I think everything that you said is super common to think that it's going to go away when you get married or just think about it so black and white. Like if you have an addiction, you'll probably end up in a divorce or it will yeah. infidelity. There's no gray area of like, you can be in a marriage happily and yeah. still be struggling with something like this. Right. Yeah. No, no one had ever, I mean, I had never had that conversation with anyone. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And of course, And the thing that's kind of awkward about it is we don't hear those kind of stories because no one talks about it. No one likes to talk about like, my husband has an addiction to pornography, but we're like still married. You only hear the horror stories. And I know there are some and they're common and it happens, right? Like those things are valid, but there are just so many women and husbands who are struggling with this in their marriage, but no one really talks about it. So you don't hear about those things. Yeah. You're like, well, um, we must be the only people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely agree with all those things. We kind of had similar situations. So yeah. So so you've been supporting him for about three years now in your marriage, right? How has that kind of progressed? So you guys got married. I assume it didn't stop when you (laughs) guys married. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We got married and that first year he like struggled on and off. Um, I feel like he maybe had like just a handful of, of slips. And yeah, I, I will be honest. Those were really like rough in the moment. I definitely, I think once you get married, there's a whole new level of um, like heartbreak that comes with those slips. I think when I was dating and engaged to him, it was painful, but it wasn't like it was once we got married. And so I think that whole first year trust just kept getting um, broken and it was harder and harder as the slips went on. Mm-hmm. And so I, t- I basically was like, well, like you can't have any more else. Like we're not doing this anymore. And he was, he was sober for about a, a year. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So what, what happened with that? 
Um, yeah, so he was sober for a year just out of like pure grit. And then he had a slip and he didn't tell me. And then he kept having slips and he didn't tell me. And it got really worse where he was having slips multiple times a day. And it was going on for about 10 months. And I just barely found out nine months ago about about that like year of his life where he wasn't Mm -hmm. sober. And so, yeah, now I guess since then to now, we've just been dealing with um, those 10 months of him lying and acting out on Mm -hmm. his addiction. That must have been so difficult for you to realize like what was going on. And were you pregnant at that time? yes yeah which adds to it right that's so hard yeah I was pregnant and I think I was really upset at the time because I had asked that before we get pregnant that he be sober for at least a year that was like Mm -hmm. really really important to me and I felt frustrated that I felt like oh like I got pregnant not knowing the truth and it was it was a whole added heartbreak I think to Mm -hmm. that yeah absolutely Uh (laughs) uh-huh something similar happened to my husband, Matt and I, when he, um, he told me about the addiction. He was honest for some time. And then again, he had like one slip, didn't tell me about it, kind of like rationalized. Oh, I'll tell her next time, or I'll tell her in a few weeks, because it's not going to happen again. And he slowly just got back into his addiction. Um, I think it was for, I think it was eight months, maybe 10 ish months, kind of similar to you, you know, and I found out when I was pregnant too, thinking that he had been honest with me, everything was under control and found out he had been lying to me that whole time. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. And it's, Mm -hmm. you're just, I feel like when you're pregnant too, like there's a lot of hormones and Mm -hmm. and I felt at least that like, oh, like this is my time to be doted on. Like, I, I don't want to have to, yes. I don't want to have to take care of you right now. I want you uh-huh. to take care of me. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. And when you're pregnant, like there's a whole added stress too, of like, we're going to bring a child to this earth and into our home. And yes. is my husband going to be lying to me? Is he going to be responsible enough to help me with the baby? Like you just have no idea what's going to happen in the future. Right. Exactly. After you just found out that your husband had been lying to you. Yes, exactly. It's a huge breach of trust and it's feels very out of control. At least that's how mm-hmm. I felt. I don't yeah. really what to do. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I, I always told my husband at least that pornography was something that we could reasonably deal with in our marriage and something that I would be able to support him in. Mm-hmm. But dishonesty was something that like I wasn't going to be able to handle, you know, like that just takes it to a whole new level that I'm yeah. just absolutely not okay with, you know? Yeah. So it was really hard to understand that and figure that out about him you know sure yeah well I feel for you I totally totally know how that feels (laughs) yeah so you found out about that nine months ago yeah and you're still dealing with kind of like the repercussions of that whole time period of him lying and stuff yeah we're dealing with um yeah just I feel like yeah like you said lying just takes it to a whole new level and I think Mm -hmm. we're still dealing very heavily with the repercussions of the lying and, and where, like how dark of a place he was actually in during those mm-hmm. 10 months. So I think, yeah. yeah, we're still dealing with that. And he, and he's had a few more, well, not a few more. He's had like two incidences. I wouldn't call mm-hmm. them slips, but they've definitely yeah. been incidents. And so we're also dealing with some of that. So <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a lot to be dealing with, especially with having a new baby and adjusting yeah. to being a mom and to being parents. And yes. that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So tell me what that has 
been like for you guys? Maybe more specifically, like what have you been dealing with? What kind of conversations have you been having? How has that been affecting you in your life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like won't sugarcoat it. It's been like some, some very difficult conversations. I think I've had to really like dig deep into myself and figure out like, okay, like what am I willing to tackle with him? Like, am I, am I, I'm willing, I guess at this point to tackle the healing after those 10 months, but I don't feel like I'm quite ready to continue tackling if it continues this way, like if there's still lies and he's still slipping all the time, I just don't think that's um, something I could handle, to be honest. And so we've had a lot of conversations like that, a lot of vulnerable conversations where he's had Mm -hmm. to open up about exactly what went on in those 10 months and and where his mind was and what was going on and, and where I'm at. So a lot of that mm-hmm. which yeah. is really difficult to be having in your relationship right yeah it does yeah. it makes kind of like the rest of your relationship feel heavy and burdened and it's hard to like be friends and to enjoy yeah. activities together when everything else just feels so heavy right yeah exactly and it, and I don't feel like I understood this before but I feel like because of all the mistrust that comes with just this one part of our marriage there's a lot of mistrust that seeps into other areas of your marriage. Mm-hmm. That you don't really think about like, oh, like, do I like trust him to do X, Y, and Z, you know, like get dishes done. Like sometimes it's interesting. I've just noticed that like, oh, it's, it's interesting how if mis- if trust is broken in one part that it can seep into other parts of your life as well. Yeah, which is absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that, that becomes really hard in a relationship. Yeah, for sure. So how has that been affecting you as an individual to be dealing with all of these things? How have you been managing it? Like, have you been sad? Have you been managing? Okay. Talk me through that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think most women could probably tell you that they feel the same way. I feel like there's days where I feel really, really good and it's easy to forget and it's um, easy to like be friends with him and be in love with him. And then there's days where it just feels so heavy and I feel really sad or really, really angry. I think more often than not, I feel angry at the situation mm-hmm. and angry that um, like that it's happened and that he allowed it to happen. And um, yeah, so I feel like anger is probably the biggest feeling I feel most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just a ton of ups and downs. I feel like I managed it by like going to therapy. I read a lot of books. I, uh, talk to Jackson a lot I feel like this time around we've been really open with one another and I'm a lot more willing to just tell him like hey I'm really angry today or hey I'm really sad about this today and yeah he takes that and works with that (laughs) yeah which sometimes at least for us it's nice to be able to be open and feel like you can share all your things, but then that also just brings up so many other things, right? Like it's almost <laughs> easier not to be honest and just be like, yeah, I'm fine. And just like move exactly. past it. You know? yeah. So it's like really brave of you to feel willing to like share all those things with him because it can bring up a lot of extra things too. Yeah. Well, you're nice. I mean, I'm definitely not great at it, but yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. Cause you're right. It is hard sometimes to bring it up because then then who knows how long, like that could be hours of talking about that topic because it brings up hurt feelings again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
So something that you mentioned earlier that I just really loved is how you've been able to find strength in yourself to be able to deal with these things. Can you tell me more about that? Um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like this time, when I say this time around, I mean like this nine months since I found out blank, um, I feel like I've just been a lot more, um, like willing to say how I feel willing to like dig deep into myself and be like, Oh, like I'm, I'm worth something and I'm valued no matter what he's doing. So I feel like I found strength in that. Mm -hmm. And I was driving the other day and I was thinking to myself, I was like, wow, if someone had like sat young Abby down and been like, Oh, like you're going to have to be married and like having a baby and raising a baby all while this is happening, I would have been like, no way. Like I can't do that. I'm not strong enough. And I feel like at every turn, it sounds so braggy, but I do feel like at every turn I've been more amazed with like, Oh, like I do have strength that I didn't realize I did. Like I, I, I have been married and dealt with a pornography addiction with my spouse and I have been pregnant and dealt with it. And I have been a new mom and dealt with it. And I just, yeah, I think I find strength in like knowing that for some reason that all these things I didn't think I could do, I, I can do. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. That doesn't sound braggy at all. That is absolutely true. And you are a rock star for dealing with all of those things and supporting your husband and taking care of yourself and your baby. Nice. You should feel so validated and so powerful with yourself because those things are amazing. That's not easy to do that. Thanks. Yeah. I definitely don't think it's easy, but I do feel like if you dig deep enough, there's always mm-hmm. someone strong in there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So tell me about that digging deep, like for our audience, who's like, okay, I'm kind of in that situation and I want to find that strength in myself. Like, how do I do that? Like, how do you, how have you been able to apply that? Such a good question. I think, I mean, I'm no pro at it. I definitely have my days, but I do feel like, um, I feel like putting yourself first. And I know that sounds probably not right. And I always tell Jackson that, that like in a normal, like healthy marriage where trust hasn't been broken. Yeah. You probably should be putting each other first and, and being selfless. But I do feel like in this situation, I've found strength at least by putting myself first a lot of the time and being like, well, what do I need? What do, what will help my feelings? What will help me Mm -hmm. feel beautiful? What will help me feel important? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just giving yourself time to feel the feelings you need to and to I don't know just do things just for you like oh I need to read a book today or I need to take a bath or I need to go shopping who knows what it is but I do feel like doing things for yourself has kind of made me feel strong sometimes knowing that like oh no matter what Jackson does like I'm okay with with who I am and I've put in time into like the relationship with me. (laughs) That is so great. I love, I love hearing that because when you are dealing with an addiction, it is really hard to put yourself first, especially I think as women who a lot of the times are just always taking care of other people. I know I would always fall into the trap of like, my husband would relapse and I'm like right by his side. And I'm like, he's like so sad, you know? And I'm like, Hey, like, let's talk through this. Like, let me help you, you know, like dealing with him. And that's wonderful when you are in a space to be able to do that. But a lot of times I didn't take care of myself first or even after. And then I didn't have that relationship with myself. I didn't have confidence or security with myself because I was always taking care of him. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like that's totally 
common and, and totally normal in this type of situation. I think, I mean, I'm guilty of that all the time being like, oh, like, I mean, for our first year, I was so afraid to leave the house because I was afraid he'd relapse. And I think after finding out he had lied to me, I just was like, what? like, I can't, I can't live my whole life not leaving the house for myself, mm-hmm. or not, you know, doing things just for me out of fear that he will do something. So Yes, definitely. Something that I feel like I've been learning more and more as I've been dealing with this is kind of what you're talking about. Like, I need to be safe with myself and feel good about myself. And I cannot really even control what Matt does. And like, that just needs to be okay, right? Like, you can kind of have boundaries for yourself and feel okay. But there's nothing that you can do to force your husband into recovery or to control it. I think, like, probably for a good chunk of his recovery, I was like trying to, it sounds bad, but like in my mind, I was like, this is, this is what needs to happen. But I'm like trying to manipulate him into recovery or trying to scare him into recovery, you know, and like threatening him with things. Like you just like go through all those things as you feel like you need to have a sense of control. And that worked for a little bit, but it just did not end up going well for either of us long-term, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. I feel like I loved the scare tactic. I always tried the scare tactic, like, oh, this isn't going to end good. And Mm -hmm. right. I don't think it works. And I think it's, at least for me, it was really freeing and it continues to be freeing every time I make the decision to be okay with whatever happens and being like, it's, it's not up to me. It's not my decisions. I don't get to control Jackson. There's nothing I can say or do that could stop this. And so I feel like it sounds weird, but it is, it's almost a freeing um, experience to go through that and being like, okay, like it's out of my control. I'm just going to keep being me and keep developing myself. Yeah. Beautiful when you do. (laughs) It really is. It is freeing. I love the way that you put that is so freeing. Um, And I feel like you've probably had to develop a lot of faith and trust in heavenly father and Jesus Christ to be able to do that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> How has that been for you? Like have, have take me through like your progression with that. I'm sure you have developed in your testimony and your relationship with them so much during this process. Yeah. I think, Oh, like where to begin. I feel like, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've always had a really good relationship with heavenly father and Jesus Christ. I feel like I'm, I'm it just like choosing the right makes sense to me a lot of the time. So I feel like with them, I'm always right there. I really, I really love my relationship with them. And I feel like in this experience, yeah, I feel like I've grown closer in the sense where I've just had to learn to like lean on them even more so than ever before in my life. And um, like, this might sound weird, but work on my relationship with God and me. Cause I feel like in a marriage, it's you, God and your spouse. And Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes I felt like Jackson didn't want to be a part of that trio. And so mm-hmm. as long as God was willing to put an effort and I was willing to put an effort, I felt like nothing could go too wrong. Nothing could be too far gone or, or, you know, I couldn't get so far deep in a depression or whatever that, you know, I couldn't come back. And so, yeah, I feel like leaning on God and working on that relationship has really helped me find strength. And like, that's where I go now to feel to feel the love and validation that I, I need often. If that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So do you feel like 
how have you been able to develop that relationship? Again, kind of like, how would someone else apply that if they're like trying to be like you? Because you're awesome. Seems like you've like really progressed in that. So how, how would someone do what you've done? Um, yeah, I feel like it's probably different for everyone. I'm sure that everyone has their path that gets them there. But I feel like for me, just like constantly praying. And I know that sounds so like cliche, um, but I just noticed if I talk to God throughout the whole day, like if I'm not like, not necessarily like kneeling down and closing my eyes, but if I just continually talk to him, I've found those days go much smoother than the days that I'm not doing that. And it's easier for me to remember like what my purpose is and what this marriage is supposed to be. And I feel closer to God on those days. I feel like yeah, strength. I guess the best way to describe it is just strength beyond my own. I feel like pray constantly. Obviously, the other cliche answers like reading your scriptures has helped. Talks and articles, yeah, those have helped a ton. I wish we could go to the temple, but we can't right now. Yeah, but yeah seriously. Sometimes I'll just drive to the temple, and that makes me feel better. And just being vulnerable with God, I think that has been a whole. I mean, I've always had a relationship with God, but I feel like since finding out about Jackson's addiction, it's changed. I feel like I've gotten a ton more vulnerable with God and letting him know exactly what I'm feeling. I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling really angry and and acknowledging that like, sometimes you do feel angry with God. Sometimes you are going to feel like, why would you do this to me? Like what? Like I've, I mean, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but a lot of the time I'd feel like I've done everything right in my life. I, I did everything good. I, I stayed away from bad things. I did good things, you know? So like, why, why, why am I having to go through this? And I think acknowledging that and talking to God about that and then letting him soothe, mm-hmm. <laughs> which can be hard, but letting him soothe, soothe you. Yeah. I love all the things that you were sharing. And I love that you've been able to find that peace and comfort in God, because yeah. I know that can be really difficult. Like you were saying, especially when something so hard is happening to you and you feel like it's just affecting you so much it is kind of easy to wonder like why would god let this happen to you like why why is this happening why did god let my husband have this addiction or you know like the list goes on and it's just beautiful that you've been able to feel those things but then also let god comfort you and strengthen you to have more trust in him in the end yeah i love that i think that's really hard to do and that just speaks a lot about you and the person that you are, that you've been able to turn to him and to trust in him. Yeah. And like you said, I I would love to also say that like, yeah, it is, it's hard. It's not every day. Am I like, I'm so pumped to go (laughs) play about how hard life is right now, you know? And oftentimes, yeah, I don't really feel like praying. Like that is, that is something that's hard, I think in this situation. And I think pushing past that and, really trying, really, really trying to be open with God. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I know that can be really helpful to other women who are listening to this and struggling with their loved one's addiction or struggling with their own feelings of anger or whatever it is. I know that can be really helpful. So I wanted to ask you a few more questions. Something that you mentioned earlier was how this has been one of the darkest points in your life and in your marriage, just like the last 10 months or so. And especially right now has been really hard for you. Can you think of an experience or some kind of story or moment that has just felt really 
dark for you, if you wouldn't mind sharing that and then kind of talking about how you've been able to overcome that. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I feel like there's been quite a few moments where it has felt really, really dark. I feel like the one that stands out to me is just finding out about his his lying and his um, relapses for those 10 months. So what was that? That was like in June, I'm pretty sure that I found out. And I think that has that probably was the darkest I've ever felt that week after. I feel like when you think something is your life and then it, it, like in an instant, you find out that not only is it not your life, but it hasn't been for the past year, that's pretty um, hard to stand up again. It's pretty hard to want to continue. And I think, yeah, at that point, I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to stay in the marriage. I wasn't quite sure if I, like what I wanted to do. And here I was pregnant and, and what do I do about the baby and like, oh, like just heartbreaking. I didn't want... I had seen divorce quite a bit and I didn't want my baby to grow up in a, in a home where there weren't two parents. I just knew that that makes it harder for kids. And I think just all of those emotions and feeling betrayed and feeling like you weren't married to someone who was loyal. It was very, very, very dark for me. And yeah, just a really hard week. And I sympathize for any, any woman who feels any ounce of that, whether your husband's been lying for 10 months or whether you just found out he had a, a, a minor slip. Like, I feel like both moments have been very sad and very dark. I can sympathize with anything like that. And yeah, honestly, I look back and I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know how I found that strength <laughs> yeah. to keep going. I don't know what that next day looked like. I really feel like it was kind of a fog, but I do know at some point I made the decision that as long as Jackson was willing to keep trying and that as long as I could start to see change in the sense of he's not lying to me anymore he's doing things to show me he's not lying anymore and he's he's wanting to change he's turning his direction towards God I feel like the minute I started to see that it was a little bit easier um, every day to be like okay like I can stay today I can do this today and I think even now, I still feel like I take it mostly day by day. Like, how do I feel today? Like, can I give him a little ounce of trust today? Can I stay today? Can I work on this? You know, like that's kind of helped me start to get out of the funk. Yeah, I love that, especially because after you found out, and even until now, it's not like Jackson all of a sudden like the next day or the next week is like, oh yeah, like I'm recovered, I'm sober and like everything's fine, right? Like, unfortunately that's not how lasting recovery works. And so it's kind of just like a progression of, like you said, moment by moment, day by day, figuring out like, is he progressing and giving him a little more trust, giving, having a little more faith that's going to be okay. And just kind of taking it slowly like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah figuring out what works for the both of you and like almost fine-tuning how to find sobriety I think yeah helps every day and I think being honest with yourself I feel like I have to be and had to be honest with myself every day of where I was at what was I actually willing to give him yeah like what was I willing to give him that day was I trusting him enough to let him hold my hand or did I not feel like I wanted that today was that too much for me that day. And I think honoring that in yourself and understanding that like you have been through um, something so terrible and something so 
almost humiliating. It felt very humiliating toward to me. And I think honoring that and being like, it's okay that I don't want to hold his hand or it's okay that I don't feel 100% trust towards him right now, you know? So yeah, that is so important. And that kind of just goes back to what you were talking about, like finding the strength in yourself. And I'm sure that just helps you feel more confident and more secure in yourself. And then you can feel more secure in your relationship because you are honoring yourself. Exactly. So important to do that. Yeah, exactly. Saying no to things that you might not feel comfortable with and not because you want to punish him or because you hate Mm -hmm. him, but Mm -hmm. because at least for me, it was in order to be able to eventually give him that trust and love. I need to to respect myself and my, yeah, what I need that day. Mm-hmm. And there, and I found like, I felt more strong, the more I was like, I need this today, or I don't want this today. You know, I feel like knowing that in yourself makes you feel strong. Mm-hmm, definitely. And for me, that has been something that's always kind of hard to do. Like I said, a lot of times I was right by Matt's side and I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm going to hug you or we can be intimate, like to make this better. Or, you know, like we're going to have this vulnerable conversation. And then afterwards I just feel uncomfortable or I'm feeling like violated almost, you know? And I feel like that's how I knew that I wasn't honoring myself. And it's, it's kind of hard to, like you said, to kind of like fine tune that and to figure out, okay, what am I able to give? Because I think marriage is give and take. Mm-hmm. Right. So like there, is, there are moments where you maybe need to give a little bit more than maybe you're comfortable with, but you're willing to like serve your spouse, love your spouse, but you also really need to honor yourself. And that was something that was really hard for me to figure out and understand my own feelings behind that. Yeah, no, totally. I, I feel the same way. I think it's definitely a progression and something um, I have to continually work at, but mm-hmm. I've noticed I've felt better on the days that I honor what I'm feeling and mm-hmm. and vocalize that to Jackson's not like not just like like you can't hold my hand but like vocalize to him like I'm feeling really betrayed today and I and it, it triggers me almost to have to mm-hmm. hold your hand right now can we do something else intimate can we play a game could we talk for a minute you know find intimacy in other ways <laughs> definitely I love that I love that you guys are figuring that out and learning to communicate about it and share those things yeah. that is really amazing So for that dark moment that you shared, thank you so much for sharing that and being vulnerable to talk about that. Um, Sounds like you were able to um, use your relationship with Heavenly Father and the Savior, use your relationship with yourself. Those things probably really helped you get out of that. But as far as the last 10 months have gone, are there any other people that you feel like you've been able to turn to and talk to or do you kind of feel like you are have been alone in it and mostly using Jackson as your support person oh that's a good question I feel like in the past I have like two friends that I would normally reach out to who had similar struggles yeah but in the 10 months since finding out about his um past slips and lying I feel like I've honestly kind of I wouldn't say struggled alone because I think I prefer it this way, just a tiny bit, but I've definitely haven't talked to many people. I did the um, LDS like 12 step, well, not the 12 step group, but the recovery. And I kind of liked that. I had some moments where I didn't love it. It was like a little too heavy on my heart, but I found a lot of great women through that. Yeah. Mostly just talking to Jackson and God. If I don't feel like many women really talk about this, to be honest. And I feel like I kind of wish we would. I wish there were more 
resources that like women would come up and be like, hey, if you want to talk about this, this is great. And you can be honest with one another. But I don't really know if I knew about any of those resources. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm in the same boat for those those months that were really hard for me and Matt. I didn't really talk to anybody about it. I didn't really feel like I was vulnerable enough or brave enough to like talk to my family about it or my friends about it. It felt really scary to me. And like you said, I totally wish that I had been more open about it almost, but I also totally see where you're just like, yeah, I just prefer to kind of like keep it private in my relationship. I think a lot of women are like that, but that's honestly like one of the biggest reasons Matt and I decided to do this podcast was to kind of create more of a culture of being able to talk about this. And if nothing else, just like if you're listening to the podcast, feeling like you would be able to reach out to me and say like, yeah. hey, like I need to talk to someone. Like, can I talk to you, Katie? Or like for me to make a network of women to help each other, right? And like kind of yeah. have like support women for each other and just have more of a community of being able to talk about those things because it isn't talked about. You don't know who you can feel safe sharing that with. You don't know who else is struggling, but like for me, at least I just craved talking about it. I wanted to talk about it so badly, but I didn't know who I could talk about it with. Exactly. Yeah, no, I totally feel the same way. And I think, I mean, what you and Matt are doing is so great because I do feel like there is a huge need, especially for the the support people. I think oftentimes, at least I felt this way. Sometimes I'm like, well, Jackson gets a lot of help. There's a lot of people he can go to. There's a lot of resources. And I felt like a lot of the time I didn't know who to turn to. I didn't know what to say. And I didn't know what I was really feeling. And I feel like there's such a need for women or support people, whether that's mm-hmm. a or a wife um, to, yeah, to be able to talk together and to be able to almost grieve with one another. I feel mm-hmm. like grieving is kind of something that should be done with people. <laughs> yes. I think Christ intended it. I feel like we should be booing one another up and mm-hmm. yeah. So I totally love what you guys are doing and I totally see the need and yeah, I wish, I wish there was more of a conversation behind it and that people felt um, more willing or able to share what they've gone through in supporting someone. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Like you said, there's such a focus on the husband or the loved one getting help. And a lot of um, men will have like a sponsor to help them like through their 12 steps and stuff. And something that they do talk about in the spouse and family support meetings is getting like a sponsor almost or like a support person for the women, but it's like less formal and a lot of women don't do it, but that's like absolutely something that I'm really wanting to get going. So I hope like if you're listening and you're looking for a support person or need someone to talk to, please reach out to me. I can connect you with Abby or connect you with any of the other women that have been on the podcast. Please reach out and don't stay in isolation because it can be really hard. Yeah, I completely agree. Yes, please, Katie, give them give them any information on me if you need to because well, I, I will I love to chit chat and I'm right there in the trenches with them. So absolutely, <laughs> I, totally I love that. I love that. One more question before we wrap up. I just wanted to know if you have any advice or anything else that you would like to share with someone who's going through something similar to you. Um, Yeah, I feel like just kind of what we've talked about, honoring yourself and finding strength in that honoring of yourself. Mm -hmm. 
and just know that you're not alone and that there are countless women and men who, who are walking a very similar path of supporting someone with a pornography addiction or just a pornography struggle. <laughs> and that, yeah, you're not alone. And if it's not other women, you find peace in that there's always Christ. And I'm just so grateful for Christ and for, yeah, for his atonement. And, and I don't know if all of your listeners are religious and it's okay if you're not, but I just feel like I need to say that yeah, yeah I'm just so grateful for Christ. And I feel like if you don't feel like someone does understand, then please pray because he does. He understands perfectly exactly what you're feeling in that moment. And um, I have found no greater peace than when I do pray to God and feel a connection with Christ. And so I would just really strongly advise people to pray and find strength there. And yeah, just you're all awesome. And I just feel for any, any person going through this. So thank you so much for that testimony. That was so beautiful. And I completely agree with everything that you said. I'm so grateful that you've been able to find that peace in Jesus Christ and feeling like he knows what you're going through because I've also been able to feel that through Jesus Christ. And I know anyone can, any women who are going through this thing, Christ is going to be your biggest strength. And I'm so grateful that you've been able to find that and that you shared that with me today. Well, thanks. Abby, you were so wonderful on this podcast and I'm so grateful again for you being willing to come on and share your struggles. This is something that you're struggling with currently. And I think that's really hard to talk about when it's a struggle, like in the moment, right. And not just a struggle like, oh yeah, like for me, I I struggled with that a few years ago and I'm still struggling, but I'm not as like in the trenches as you are, you know? So That was just so amazing that you are willing to share all those things with us. So thank you so much for being willing to come on the podcast. Well, anytime. Thank you, Katie, for having me. I've loved it very much. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to rate and review this podcast as well as share it with everyone you know. For information about the church's 12-step and support meetings, please visit arp.churchofjesuschrist.org. We encourage everyone to find a sponsor or support person. If you have any questions, feedback, are looking for a sponsor, or would like to be a sponsor, please contact us at sobrietypodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for more guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed, please contact us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.